0: The views expressed on this show by guests and the host, on issues outside of the 9-11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. All right, welcome to another episode of 9-11 Free Fall, ladies and gentlemen, and we are honored today to be joined by a candidate for Congress, California's 10th District. This is Michael Kerr. Uh, Michael is the Green Party candidate for Congress, again, in California's 10th District. He's an Army veteran and an activist. He's been affiliated with groups such as Veterans for Peace, Injured Workers United, and the Oscar Grant Committee, among many, many others. And he supports a new investigation into the destruction of the three high-rises that fell on September 11th, 2001. So let's go ahead and add him into the stream here. Michael, welcome to 9-11 Free Yes,
1: thank you for having me.
0: All right, so before we get into 9-11 and your current campaign for Congress, tell us more about you. You were telling me before the break that you've been involved in activism for 50 years. I bet you got some stories.
1: Well, yeah, I, uh, I went to uh, college at uh, Northwestern University, studied science engineering. And uh, that was during the height of the Vietnam War. And I didn't get involved at all. Uh, It's kind of one of the reasons why I never became an engineer, because you you get brain drain, doing all that. And uh, my dad was an engineer, so I I saw what that was, he, he basically was a couch potato after he got done with work. Um, so uh, I went through the five year program, but uh, I, I didn't graduate and I got drafted into the uh, US Army. I was the last of the draftees to stop the draft the next week. And I was sent to, I ended up getting sent to Korea when they were pulling all the soldiers out of Vietnam. Uh, this is in uh, what, late '72, uh, 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 late late '72, early '73. Um, so I was there, and uh, I was going to investigate Vietnam, because I'm a, kind of a Ralph Nader type person. That's that was my only connection to politics at the time, and so I was just going to investigate for myself. And but then they sent me to Korea, so I thought I'd investigate. Korea. Uh, and, and I did and uh, extended an extra year in the service to stay in Korea and immediately started writing letters to Congress and wrote dozens and dozens of letters to Congress and to the President of the United States about uh, our support of the dictator in Korea. And, and uh, the result was that uh, I was secretly kicked out of the country at the request of the Korean government by the U.S. military. And uh, the, the paper they used was, I uh, was a disgrace and discredit to the United States of America.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, I, I had not I wasn't kicked out of the country, but I've had experiences overseas when I was in the Peace Corps where, you know, you try to get a youth program going to pick up the trash and uh the, the local government, which is hired by their I don't know if you call it federal when it's in another country, but you know, their national government smiles at you and nods and says, Oh, that's a great idea. And then they come to my friend and say mr andy needs to keep his hand out of the trash and the reason was is that they didn't want the kids doing the job that the government there was uh failing to do so it's it's interesting the stuff that you run into especially in other countries and we have our problems here in the united states but it's your experience in other countries uh coming head to head with those governments that makes you realize hey we don't want things to get that bad here And uh, there's a lot of things going on in our world right now, and we don't comment on them here at AE. We stay focused on our mission, but uh, I keep those things in mind when I move forward with advocating for this issue. And I just want to say out there to the audience, we have invited uh, Congressman DeSaulnier to come on the program as well. Uh, He, their office did not communicate back to us. Um, so we, we have uh, just Michael on today. We don't endorse any particular candidate, but if somebody is calling for a new investigation, it doesn't matter if they're from the left or from the right, we are going to spotlight that and get an idea of why they stand with our chosen mission. Now, uh, how did you start to wake up to the evidence of controlled demolition in New York on September 11th?
1: Well, first I want to say my experience. Uh uh, out of the uh, Korea and kicked out, I, I became a activist then. And since then, I've never trusted the US government on anything. Um, now on 9-11, I was asleep. And someone I might remember, he said, Hey, you better turn the TV on. And, and I saw um, this was after the first tower was hit, and then I saw the second one. Um, but by the end of the day, from my engineering experience I, and, and the shock of everything wore off a little bit, I realized that it was impossible for these towers to collapse without demolition.
0: You've, uh, you've taken this position now during your campaign, which a lot of candidates don't take uh, for politically correct reasons, for lack of a better word. Um, how long were you speaking out about this before you decided to run for Congress?
1: Well on 9/11 uh, right after uh, the 9/11 Commission report came out I got a copy and uh, I'm a kind of a slow reader but I, I went through it and I realized that and then I also heard from the uh, 9/11 families that uh, they were very unhappy with the Commission report and I saw it I saw the Commission report as basically a confession by the government that they were involved in doing the 9-11 because they didn't answer any of the questions you know that were pertinent to who was involved after that I set up a website and I have been offering since 2005 a hundred thousand dollar reward to anybody that can prove or demonstrate to my satisfaction that the government did not do 9-11 and I have never gotten one challenge
0: yeah well i mean the problem with the 9-11 commission and there's a film Press for truth that pro that uh, pressed for truth let me pronounce it correctly that uh documents this and in- immediately the family members at least the jersey widows and several others were not happy with this commission now if you are the u.s government if you are the president of the united states let's say and this happened on your watch i know i would be livid Let's just say that it was, you know, for argument's sake, it wasn't an inside job. If I was president during that time, I would be livid. I would want to, I mean, definitely stop something like that from ever happening. We'd have a full-scale investigation, and people would be fired as a result of that. Um, But in this case, I don't know of anybody that was fired. Um, And then, you know, regarding, I mean, we only focus on the demolitions here, regarding what happened with other aspects and... With uh, you know whether or not there was some kind of plan planned overseas that ended up getting hijacked and escalated by uh, other elements or you know whatever I have no clue and we don't get into that but when you have scientific proof you know the top part of a building does not crush the lower part without slowing down there's no deceleration of the top block and when you have a system when you have an agency like NIST that refuses to look at the observable facts. And answer very reasonable questions and even just do their due diligence testing the world trade center dust for explosives or incendiaries just to simply rule out that possibility deal with people like me then uh you have a problem here and you have no investigation and there'll be people that'll say oh it was 20 years ago and we're getting to be more than 20 years now 20 years ago who cares well People are still dying as a result of September 11th. People are still sick. I just watched a documentary last week talking about people who were choosing to jump out the windows. That's a horrible choice to have to make on that day. Those people suffered, and they still have loved ones that uh, really haven't gotten closure. All they've gotten is obfuscation and lies. Um, So what inspired you to run for Congress? I mean, in in this kind of way, this just full-on openly state your support for a new 9-11 investigation, pure, true type of way, what put you into the arena?
1: Well, this is the second time I ran. Um, the first time was because of uh, some things that Mark Desaigne had uh, shown me that he was lying about his support for Medicare for all. But but this time I'm really not running against Mark Desaigne as much as I'm, I'm trying to expose to the public That the military-industrial complex totally controls both our political two main political parties and the media, and that's my focus. And um, unlike, I'm not an expert on any of the things on 9/11. I am basically somebody that all my research has based on other people's research that has done a really great job. And architects or engineers for 9/11 truth have done an excellent job, and they've. Proved beyond to the minutest detail, you know that these the towers in Building Seven were demoed, but uh, it should have been obvious to a lot of people almost from day one. Um, but and in fact, all the broadcasters I think live broadcasts said that the, these collapses looked like demolitions, but they their their broadcast sound was never shown again. Building seven was never shown again collapsing on court meeting, and it still hasn't been. Twenty years later, you know. So it's just a massive cover-up by the corporate media um, to go along with the government. Um, I, I, what I do is, I've put everything together. I don't. I, I understand people that do the research have to be very careful about how they conclude. Make conclusions about their research And stuff I don't have that limitation at all So I just call a spade a spade You know The U.S. government did 9-11 And there's other countries that helped them out Israel Pakistan And Saudi Arabia And maybe some others You know I'm not saying the whole governments But the, the Secret Service The CIA branches of those governments Worked with the U.S. government on it um, it's a deep state thing, uh, case.
0: And, yeah. Uh, okay. well, well, you know, here, here's what I know. Here's what I know about it. And I've focused so much on the science of the demolitions that uh, it's pretty much, I don't want to say I'm in a bubble. I mean, I, I'm aware of other aspects. But, you know, to me, science is the most pure thing. And when you look at it, and you look at reasonable people like Dr. Steven Jones, I used him as a pure, as a great example because he was like the first guy I ever heard actually talking about this and, um, you know, in long form, giving a long presentation <clears throat> on this and having all his stuff uh, in a pre- PowerPoint and all that. And then uh, you see them like going after people like him who had a very impressive background uh you know just pre pre 911 and you he see his job didn't he? yeah he did and uh the, you know they they just completely dismissed that entire background and for something that intuitively as you point out a lot of people on the street there reporters who haven't gotten the script yet are reporting it as a as that it looks like a controlled demolition. Not saying it is a controlled demolition, but there's references to say it looks like when you have a deliberate implosion to bring the building down. Even Peter Jennings later in the night uh, had some kind of curiosity about Building Seven, saying, "Have we gotten a lock on why that building came down yet?" You know, and uh, maybe I'm I'm supposing a little too much, but it seemed like he was a little suspicious of it. Can't ask him now; he died. But uh, but so you have this, you have very reasonable questions being asked about this event, and regardless of who was involved uh, in this, um, the questions deserve to be heard. But instead of having a media that looks at this, and I understand there's a lot of crazy things that people put out there, some of it's like just total garbage. Um, but if, if there's a rational basis, if there's scientific principles behind it, then why not simply address it? Not in the dismissive, ridiculing manner that the mainstream media did, which helped fuel a lot of the 9-11 truth movement, but actually take it on with an actual debate. And so when you see this attempt to try to cover up the truth, to obfuscate facts and uh, that are very observable as you, you know watch them on the videos, we all have the same videos, same access. Um, when you see this going on, there obviously is a cover-up happening, regardless of who may be involved. The question is, you know, let's get at the basis here and establish what actually happened, and that's the method that we have taken here: is to focus on the what, because there is no way that this system, uh, that this, you know, the media and government figures that uh, have participated in this cover-up can walk back. You know, saying that we're crazy for the last 20 years, Uh, all these scientists, 3,500 architects and engineers, it would be even more if the media were actually helping out. But there's no way they could walk that back if there wasn't an acknowledgement that, uh, that that we basically have a point that NIST official story is impossible which it is which we have a request for correction going on so if there's any members of the media right now that want to pick up on the fact that uh, a candidate for congress is appearing on a 9-11 truth or show which you should be asking yourselves is you know why do we have to sue NIST to get any kind of actual rebuttal to our points that we point out and all the flaws in this report you're not going to report that i understand i understand but you should be, because that is the real story here. Why not just address these very reasonable questions? Not just from AE911 Truth, not just from Michael Kerr, but from the family members as well—the ones that you claim to care for every anniversary. So that's my my comment to the media there. What I'd like to know, because what I'd like to do, and again, we don't—you know—we're not doing this to endorse any candidate, but I want to see a lot of people out in the world, whether you're on the left or the right. Running for Congress, people who support a new investigation. I want to see people go through that process. Even if you don't think you're going to win out there, it's still worth participating and getting your message out. So uh, we're going to do a little tutorial for people based on your experience. Uh, Talk about the work that's involved in doing this. First, what did you have to do to get onto the ballot?
1: Well, I'm I'm running as a Green Party candidate, and and third party candidates, uh, both the Republican and Democratic Party do everything they can to make it almost impossible for us to be on the ballot, um, and and we never get no publicity or anything, and and because of that, you know we're, we we don't really have much money, and we have uh, pledges not to accept, you know, corporate and big money. Um, I, uh, what I had to do. I didn't have to get permission from anybody in the Green Party or anything. and I, Just like any in the Democrat-Republican Party, they have people run that they probably would rather not have run for their party uh, with their party name on. But I, uh, I've never gotten any endorsement from the Green Party myself because because of my position on 9/11 hmm. and uh, the. Uh, what, what I had to do is I had to spend, in California it's a two, top two. So only the top two candidates from a primary go to the general election. And i am been in, in a unique situation where the Republican candidate uh, in the primary was found to be disqualified because he wasn't a US citizen for seven years. So So they didn't have anybody on the ballot uh, so they ran a write in candidate, but uh, I don't think the Republican local Republican uh, party is that very sophisticated and they didn't have big money so so that was a total failure for them. And so I got over twenty one thousand votes and about twenty percent of well I think it's about fifteen something percent of the vote and and so I'm uh, I'm the number two person, so I'll get to go all the way to November and and so I'll be. I'm going to try to raise enough money to get on a ballot statement, but it's very expensive. It's like $7,000 and stuff, uh, over 7000 to get uh, a ballot statement, you know, it should be free. I mean, you shouldn't be restricting candidates access to the public because of the lack of money. Okay. Um, so that's where I'm at right now, and my what I would appeal to the Green Party is, is that like in California There's like 52 congressional districts they should be running somebody in every district because for like two or three thousand dollars someone can run uh, in every district and you don't have to even live in the district it's it's amazing but you know to keep incumbents uh, to keep their jobs because districts change over every 10 years they, they have it so that you don't have to live in your district as long as you live in California.
0: I was not aware of that. That is uh, quite interesting here. So just to clarify, and I want to just kind of boil it down for the audience. Right. So you're on the Green Party ticket. The Republicans have a total meltdown in your district because the guy ends up not being a US citizen. And I don't know anything about that story or the details behind it, but the Republican is out. And, um, and so it's, it's sort of like a runoff election I may have you explain that, that process a little bit, but basically the final two now standing are and uh, who's the incumbent, and he was the congressman at the, you know, in California where I lived, and I've done some outreach to his office before, um, and, uh, and yourself. And so you're going all the way to November, and, uh, and explain this runoff process a little bit, because I wasn't even aware of it until I was aware of your campaign.
1: Oh, are you talking about the top two in the primary? Yeah, top
0: two, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the Republicans and Democrats colluded together to say, we don't like third parties. Uh, we want to keep the battle between the two of us because we're both corporate parties and, and we both play for the same owners. So, So the top two was set up so that it's almost impossible except for little flukes like this for my case, uh, for a third-party person to go to the general election, and the primaries are usually very short. Most people aren't that interested. The voter turnout's low, and and so it's, it's very difficult to make any traction uh, during the primary. Uh, so it, it's it's all, and other states. I think New York's trying to go through that. You know, it's it's just to everything is to keep. The third party's down because like i say the top two parties have the same bosses their, their leadership you know it's the military industrial complex that's why the media doesn't tell you anything about 9 11 stuff because the media is all controlled by military industrial companies
0: yeah big money you know and it's an economy based on a river of blood especially in the pre nine eleven world and so if we don't have somebody that we're fighting against then uh, a lot of people you know uh lose money as a result and i you know i, I think there's other things we could base our economy on uh, myself you know that doesn't involve attacking other people and, and keeping that uh that's that supply chain going for weapons and such completely different subject but uh it's interesting to see how politics and how the two parties have dominated uh, the system for so many years. There is a film out on on uh, YouTube. It's called Spin. And what it is, is that this gentleman who had a satellite dish in the 90s, remember satellite dishes? People who had them could get uh, networks from all over the place. And apparently he could also see what was going on when the networks were running commercials. I don't know how the technology on that works, but basically when they would go to commercial on a live program, interviewing Bill Clinton or George Bush or something, um, he would see the conversations that they would have, and he get sort of an insight into what these people are like behind the scenes. But anyway, they're in it, there's a small section where they talk about, I believe his name was Larry Agrin, and he was a Democrat, he was running for president, he was a mayor of some city out there in California, and um, he was voted the best candidate for president to deal with urban issues, which was a big deal in 92, because you had the Rodney King stuff going on. And uh, anyway the media did everything they could to pretend that this guy didn't exist they cropped him out of photographs um the one mainstream interview that uh he was supposed to get they promised uh, that they would provide makeup to him like they provided to the other candidates and he didn't he had to reach into his own wallet and give money to an aide to run to the drugstore across the street and then they have a debate where uh he wasn't even invited and it was about like urban issues or something like that that was in his specialty, something that he was considered to be the best candidate uh, for based on this poll. And they didn't even invite him. He shows up to protest this and demand to be included, and they have him pulled out. And I think he was arrested as a result. Um, So it goes to show you that it's not really an equal footing because the media controls everything uh, that you see and your perceptions and all that. Now, that does not mean it's not worth running. I think you can still make an impact by running and maybe even in the right circumstances if you work hard enough and you know get your message out and you're the right kind of district you can possibly even win and shock the nation you know somebody's got to do it and nothing happens unless you try so uh basically i want to know a little bit more about how your campaign runs like as somebody who doesn't have a lot of money to be able to do this how do you go about campaigning and also I'd like to know too a little bit more about the Green Party endorsement because it doesn't sound like from what you said already like it was too difficult to uh, get the green Party name next to yours on the ballot
1: well I didn't need to ask permission from the green party and and I and I haven't got any green party endorsements except for one one person that I have a lot of respect for um, so so it, it you don't have to uh, when you run for office and you decide you're if you're a if you're as long as you've been a registered Republican or Democrat or Green Party, you can run uh, as a candidate for that party and you don't need permission from the party itself apparatus. You know, uh, But uh, I'm I'm all by myself in this campaign. There's nobody else. I'm it. And I have. I have $800 in the bank. I spent, you know, about 2,000, uh, almost 2,000 to, to become a candidate uh, of my own money. And uh, uh, I don't want to give away my campaign strategy here, but I do have an advantage uh, 30% in this district of voters tend to be Republican and, and there's a, a lot of independence too. Uh, now, Marc Desanier is a very loved, I, like, I liked him, I always loved him, uh, and, and he's, he represents himself as a progressive, but he's a progressive who only supports, and I don't want to get into it, but anyway, he's, he doesn't really push progressive issues that much. He'll vote for it. I'll probably have the same voting record as Marc Desaigne, about 95%, uh, if I was in Congress. Uh, I would be out there pushing these progressive issues instead of just saying I voted for it That's enough. You know, uh, I, I'll go a lot further. Um, I'm going to be a bullhorn for the issues and and, and, and my campaign is basically is, is not directed necessarily to win the election but to educate the public. So I'm going to be pretty outrageous on a lot of issues besides 9-11. And, And you watch the media is not going to give me any attention, whereas normally they'd want to smear you if you say these kind of things, but they wouldn't, they don't want to even put it in the people's eye, uh, ears, that there's something to be thinking, well, gee, maybe I should look into that, you know, so they won't give me any attention, I I can be pretty outrageous and, and I won't get any attention smearing me and when I if that does happen, that'll mean. I've reached the second level because first they ignore you, then they smear you and attack you. And I know that a lot of people in the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth have been smeared and attacked. Um, and i just like point out third over, I, if I'm right, 3,500 engineers and architects have signed on a petition demanding a new investigation of 9-11. And most of it's because that they don't believe that the buildings just collapsed without demolition.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you know, if 3,500 doctors signed a petition saying that a certain product that you buy at the grocery store can take 10 years off of your life, there would be news stories, there would be people freaking out, boycotts, the company would have to be ex- explaining itself, answering it, whether it was true or not, they'd have to study it for themselves and have some accountability. But when it comes to this issue, this 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 event that killed nearly three thousand people on that day, uh, media does everything they can to stifle it. As I say all the time, I'm turning into a broken record because it's just the facts of the matter, it's the situation we deal with, you know. And the smearing, after you do it a little while, you get used to it, and it doesn't really phase you at all anymore. And it kind of goes into the next question I had for you: Have you faced any pushback? from media or anyone else during your campaign for your 9-11 views?
1: Absolutely zero, <laughs> hmm. you know. Uh, this is the first real interview. Well, I, I had one interview with the uh, Stockton TV station about uh, two months before the primary and apparently they never ran it, hmm. okay. so and now you're focusing on 9/11. that's and that's great and uh and I really welcome that because that is a major issue for me uh I've lost a lot of support from people because of it uh but I don't but I'm in a position where I don't really need a lot of money and I don't need endorsements uh, I'm I'm going to be reaching the general public out there Yeah. yeah the old-fashioned way with flyers. And and my flyers are gonna really make some statements that are pretty pretty strong, and it's gonna go against what they've been brainwashed by the corporate media. So I'm hoping that will at least bring out some people that says, hey, you know, that's what I always believe, but you know, I never heard anything else. So, so I, I have a website that's not your typical campaign website, it's it's it, i've been working on it for like 3 years now it's 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 massive it's it's for progressive information so if you want to know anything that's going on in a progressive world that's what i'm aiming for you can go there so when you hear some news something happens and and you hear all this corporate media news my site is going to be a place where you can just go to find the sources of information that are I'm going to give you an alternative and hopefully mostly progressive viewpoint on what's really happening.
0: Well, and uh, what's the website?
1: Okay, it's, well, you can go to curr2020.com, but I also use creatingbetterworld.org. There's no A, just creatingbetterworld.org. And, and you'll see that I'm not a, it's not a typical campaign website.
0: Well, I think people are getting sick of typical and it's funny too when you mention you know the uh, mainstream media sources that you watch, I don't think this audience is watching the mainstream media anymore maybe for entertainment value. Um, <clears throat> I don't even have cable anymore. All my news comes off of internet sources. but I do watch from every side of every issue. Because uh, I can get an idea of the truth somewhere in the middle from them. But, uh, you know, as for me, I don't, I, you know, I've tuned out of the uh, political, the strictly political stuff and the culture war stuff. I'm more interested in science and hard facts and what actually is going on behind the scenes. And I think more people are waking up to that. Do you feel a shift I'm feeling one myself. I mean, you know, and it, it, it's on two different ends. You got two different opposing sides in this whole culture war that's going on. Um, <clears throat> but but there is a shift in consciousness in the sense of the grassroots on both sides, the right and the left, are, are rising up here. And people are sick of the status quo. I cited this before. CNN Plus, they thought they were going to break into our territory that people were going to immediately flock and watch cnn on the internet the people watching programs um you know the alternative media programs and and cnn plus just tanked nobody wants to watch that garbage anymore um and it's i think it's gone now so do you think that there is a shift that's going on and that it will have an impact and be able to open the door for issues like 9 11 in the future
1: well i hate to be disappointing but i find the left Um, there's a lot of left organizations and they work on lots of specific issues and stuff, but among the left, they don't seem to, you know, share and support each other on different issues. And when the corporate media comes out really strongly against them, like nine 11, like the Ukraine, Russia war, COVID, uh, you know, whistleblowers and stuff. Uh, A lot of the left kind of doesn't disappears on you, uh, and they're not supportive of the people that work on those issues. They don't give them any respect at all, you know. Uh, So, you know, it's it's a failing of the left not to be more cohesive and and supportive (laughs) of each other. Um, So, that's why I'm kind of independent. You know, I, I belong to a lot of organizations in the past and then now, but I don't, I, I try to uh, not become a part of the organization because I usually find that there's, you know, things that I don't uh, respect and how how they're always uh, operating, you know, but, 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 but certainly people on the left do a great jobs on their issues. I just wish they'd be more supportive of each other um, and other groups that are doing issues that they haven't spent any time on, uh, but they're just going to follow the line of the corporate media, which is strange because usually they're fighting the corporate media and the corporate government uh, on their own issue, but then they think that the government and the media are telling the truth on something else. So I don't know. I find it strange.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a mentality right now, and it's in every aspect of at least america i can't speak for other countries but um even even in the 911 truth movement i see it where it's like okay if somebody is doing a good job on you know four out of five things and then there's one issue they disagree with people will get bombastic and oh my god we can't support that person anymore because they don't agree on this one particular thing so let's say somebody agrees with you on wherever you stand uh, whether you're on the left or the right you got a candidate who agrees with you on healthcare or, um, you know, immigration or, or whatever it is, you know, and then there's a third issue. You know, I tend to look at people and say, look, I got most of what I want out of this person. I will generally support them unless that last thing is just so big that it's going to just derail the entire country, in my view, um, you know, and that's kind of how politics works. There's a give and take involved in it because you're never going to get 300 million people on the same page on everything. Um, And if you want somebody who completely agrees with you, then do what you're doing and run yourself. Go out and uh, put yourself out there as the candidate you know but i mean there's a certain give or take and you're never going to get completely everything that you want but generally people should work with each other even people from the left and the right look you know i could be interviewing a a right-leaning candidate and having the same type of interview right now because that is how i roll and that's what's going to be need to be done for the issue that we champion here to get go forward we're going to have to work with both sides of the aisle, and we used to in this country, and there was nothing wrong with that. You know, not everyone needs to agree on every single thing to get along, and I think we need a lot more getting along in this country and realizing uh, what unites us instead of dividing us um, on these on some of these issues. But uh, I wanted to just mention this. I did mention it a little before, but Mr. Desaunier was invited onto the show. Uh, we haven't received an answer from them, and I'd love to have a conversation with him about this. Um, we've done outreach to him in the past. Again, I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit, but uh, this is what you do during campaigns if you're the media, which I guess I am. Uh, why do you think that uh, we didn't hear back? Why do you think that uh, – even though despite the outreach we've done to his office, they've done nothing regarding the scientific evidence of controlled demolition.
1: Well, my whole campaign is, should be put on it as what politicians should not do, okay? The golden rule of politicians that are trying to get elected in office is, do not talk about anything controversial, and if somebody brings it up, try to divert it to something else. So 9-11 is too controversial for Mark Dasanye to want to get involved in it. You know, he probably doesn't know that much about it. And, and but he knows that it's dangerous for him politically to get involved in it. So, so I understand why he's not, and he's not alone. There's probably not one person in Congress right now that, I don't know if you've gotten anybody from Congress to talk, elected, to talk about 9-11 for you. You had to try, send out to everybody. Uh, there was two people that talked about it, Cynthia McKinney and Dennis Kucinich, both progressive Democrats in progressive districts where they couldn't possibly lose, but the Democratic Party went, the Democratic Party, not the Republic, went out of their way to get rid of both of them out of Congress. So
0: yeah. even well, your you own know,
1: party it's... will go after you.
0: Well and I want to say this to uh, to the congressman if he is watching and he may be because you're running against him and people pay attention to what their opposition is doing and you know there there is a way to go about this we have draft legislation right now called the Bobby McIlvain Act it's named after uh, Bobby McIlvain who died in the lobby of the World Trade Center uh, his father talked to the, uh, the you know the forensic uh, uh, pathologist or coroner that did the uh, autopsy on him and is that he said he was killed by an explosion, which really doesn't jive with the official story. There are very reasonable challenges to the story put out there by Nest. Uh, things that they got wrong, and we have documented that. Just basic facts, and I just want to say to the Congressman. If you're watching, uh, you know, there are families that are still devastated by this. And there is a way to address this without having to give in to conspiracy theories. Uh, Cause they were not about conspiracy. We're about science here. And we're not pointing a finger at any particular party for doing nine 11. All we are doing is raising these points and wanting them addressed. So, <clears throat> um, Giving us the Bobby McIlvain Act, passing that, is not you know, giving into the idea that the U.S. government did it. All it would do is compel uh, Congress and NIST to uh, basically test the dust samples for explosives or incendiaries, include the missing structural features that they left out of their analysis, because when you actually include them, It makes their whole hypothesis for what happened impossible. So we've never had closure on this. So all it would be doing and what you could say to the public is that we're giving closure to the families by addressing the questions. You know, just like when I talked to the C-SPAN producer, I said, if you put, uh, you know, if you put our people on the program, then uh, nobody can say that you're being unfair to the 9-11 truth movement anymore. So it was beneficial for them. And I think with a country that's so divided right now, And so many people are so distrustful of government, and I know it's making the members of Congress's jobs even harder right now. Why not, as an olive branch, as a show of faith, address an issue like this? Give it its time in the sun. Actually reasonably look into it, and then nobody can say say that the Congress hasn't adequately addressed this anymore and make the issue go away. You know, by giving us the investigation we've been looking for, and that's not giving into conspiracy theories. It's not even coming out and saying the U.S. government did 9-11 or anything like that. It's basically just addressing the things where NIST got the the data wrong and uh, giving us a real analysis of why these buildings came down. So there, there are political ways to handle this, and I think it would be one of the greatest things that this government ever did, and it would restore a lot of faith in government uh, by people who feel that uh, it's completely abandoned them. So please consider that moving forward, and we'd be happy to uh, advise you further on that. Um, all right, so I wanna just talk really quickly here because you know I lived in Lafayette, California, and I know there's a hill <clears throat> that has a bunch of crosses mounted up on it. And uh, really catches your eye as you drive through there and, and you know, makes you wonder, oh, what's that about? And someone explains to me that is a war memorial that was set up there. Um, and I believe you were involved in a committee related to it. At least I, I think that I saw that on Um But talk about that memorial in context of about 9-11 um, and all the sons and daughters who sacrificed for their country in a large part to avenge the events of that day and why this issue is so important for them, even if they're no longer with us.
1: Well, I was asked uh, right at the beginning uh, to uh, participate and and I actually made 75 of the first 300 crosses that we put up. Uh, And then that first New Year's, I uh, did a candle, candlelight display. Uh, across the hillside by then we had about a thousand crosses and uh, so I was there all night uh, the fire department came and said make sure that I had a fire extinguisher and this was in the you know New Year's Eve uh, and uh, and then make sure that every candle was out before I left so I was there till like four or five in the morning uh, uh, the the hillside represents a lot of stuff to a lot of people um, it, it for me, it was a an activist uh, against the war. For other people, it's a uh, it's it's not as political as that. Uh, but but we got a lot of flack from the conservatives and and the and actually even Democrats, you know, in the beginning because it's not right to have a memorial to victims uh, are soldiers fighting a war until the war is over with and then it's safe to to say something because if you if you honor the soldiers while the war is going on it makes people start thinking like hey maybe we don't want all these soldiers dying and stuff so you'll notice that most memorials to to soldiers and veterans that died in wars is after the war is over <laughs> because they don't want it's just like 9-11, they don't want to put it in your mind, uh, the public's mind, that something's wrong going on. They don't want them to think about it.
0: Yeah, well, wasn't it somebody on the Republican side maybe, and I don't know if it was from the Bush administration or if it was McCain, my memory is starting to turn into Swiss cheese like the uh, like the steel documented Appendix C of FEMA here, but, the, um, but if somebody said, this is this war on terror can last a thousand years. So we're going to wait a thousand years to put a memorial up for people? That's ridiculous. Why not remember the dead? Because, you know, for somebody that lost their son over there, you know, um, that's right up there up front in their minds. And there is no problem with knowing the numbers of people that we are losing in these wars. What are we supposed to just obediently sit by and not get any facts and just keep sending our children over there repeatedly? to come home dead or with their limbs missing. I mean, when you are responsible <clears throat> for the the people of this nation, and I understand there are legitimate security issues that come up in our world, but you have to weigh that against the cost. And your first uh, duty is to keep the peace and protect the lives and safety of everyone, including our men and women in uniform. And that is means not putting them in harm's way if it is not absolutely necessary. And of course, a lot of people feel it wasn't necessary. And then when you look at it, the evidence of controlled demolition on September 11th, it feels even more unnecessary. Um, so I think that memorial is absolutely fitting. And uh, you yeah, people want to check it out, just type in Lafayette, California, uh, war memorial. You'll see a hill with a bunch of crosses out there. Very eye-catching. Uh, very good idea I'm glad that that was put up and again that reminds me every time I drove by it I don't live there anymore but every time I drove by it reminds me of why I do this work here for the 9-11 truth movement Um, so I want to know so you know because there's gonna be people who are gonna take more of an interest in you from the 9-11 truth movement after seeing this interview what are the next things to expect in the election I mean obviously there's going to be an election on election day in November but are there any debates planned any kind of big milestone events like we watch with the presidential elections um, tell us uh, you know at, at any point where you may be uh, more in the limelight uh, like a debate or such
1: well like I say I can't emphasize more I'm in the green Party a third party, uh there will be no debates. Mark Dasani will not want to debate me. He doesn't want to give me any attention. He gets he got eighty-five percent of the vote in the primary. He's not worried. He would have preferred running against a Republican because then he could go to sleep as far as the election goes, because it's like 70-30 Democrat in this district. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, you know, he doesn't know about me for sure. You know, I'm a loose cannon, um, so so he might have some more concern about me. But I don't think it's the concern that he's going to get unelected. Uh, but I could maybe force somehow force him to talk about issues that he doesn't want to talk about. Um, uh, there's a lot of issues. California is a key state, and and, and a lot of good things could happen if California. Um, did things like Medicare for all, public banking, uh, uh, guaranteed income—you know, these are all things California can do. It's got the fifth-largest economy in the world, but and it's totally controlled by the Democrats. The Republicans have nothing to say in California, but the Democrats still don't do anything. Okay, that's—it. California is a perfect example of how the military-industrial complex controls both parties. Uh, that's all I can say about that um, you know I, I don't expect to win but I'm going to try to educate as many people as I can about about the issues and 9/11 is certainly one of them um, and uh, you know you hear polls most people say yeah I, I think there's something wrong with 9/11 but they don't really know what it is because they never hear it on, on the corporate media uh, and, and so everybody's got their, their life to work on and stuff like that. And, and it's just like me when I was in college and I didn't do nothing on Vietnam War, which I really, I've worked 50 years to try to make up for that. Uh, it was because I was so wrapped up in in, in studying engineering and, and, and going to college, you know? Uh, so uh, yeah, I, that's all I can say on that. Uh, I do have a lot of respect for for architects and engineers for for all that you've done because that's been a really important issue. It's an issue that is key. Once you know that the buildings were demolished, uh, brought down by demolition, you know that the government was involved. You know, especially building seven, that was a building that the mayor's emergency office was in, the major offices of the CIA, FBI, NSA, the security exchange thing I think all the documents that were involved with Enron case that was being investigated were all destroyed with the building seven you know building seven was a highly secure building so nobody could demolish in building seven unless it was elements of the government.
0: Right. And the evidence conclusively shows that. And I hope that if there are other political figures watching this, you know, we're focusing right now on politics and such, but we have our evidence laid out in so many different forms, so many different ways. We have papers. All of this could be provided to you uh, with all the facts and figures and such. If you request it or you can go to our website, ae911truth.org. The case was made years ago for the very least justifying a new investigation. And again, that is all we are asking for. There is no there is no reason that we can't do that for the family members to give them the closure they deserve. Michael Kerr, thank you so much. Good luck in what you're doing, and uh, appreciate you coming on 9-11 Freefall today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right, folks, it's the end of another show. Remember, we want to hear your comments, ways we can improve the show. You can go to ae911truth.org or 911freefall.com. You can contact us through various ways on those websites. But for my part, this is Andy Steele saying I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.